From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, I'm Tony Bruski, and welcome to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. We thank you so much for joining us, wherever it may be, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Be sure to press that subscribe button so you get all the episodes sent directly to you as we release them. And please, show us a little love. Give us a review, give us some stars on iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube. Share the show, let your friends know about us. And I know I say that every single episode... But if you've not done so yet, please take a moment to give us uh, some love, especially out there on iTunes and Stitcher. Some reviews, some stars really, really do help us grow. If you're brand new to the show, take a moment, take a listen to the show. If you like us, please give us some love. That will help us get more folks to find our fine little broadcast here. And uh, that helps us get more stories, more shows for you every single week. It's a win-win. If you like the show, sharing it helps us grow. So thank you so much if you have already done that. And if you've not done it yet, please do it. Okay, let's uh, talk about this week's show. We got a caller lined up and also some good letters that have been written in from you guys. The phone number, by the way, is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, to tell us your real ghost stories. We love to hear them. You get about two minutes when you call that line to share your real ghost story with us. To kick off this week's show... Let's uh, let's go to a, a caller that uh, did call in at 855-853-4802 and hear this ghost story. Yes, Tony. Uh, my story uh, happened in 1957. It was my mom and dad's best friends. Uh, their little girl, who was five at the time, yelled that she needed a glass of water. So her mother went down to the kitchen to get it for her. When she got down there, there was a big white, like an English sheepdog-type dog, in the kitchen. So she yelled for her husband who came running and there was a big white sheepdog in the kitchen. So he grabbed a broom and started chasing it. He's chasing it around the kitchen and into the living room and it comes back into the kitchen, puts up its two front paws and goes right through the cellar door. Well, they looked at each other and he had to go look. So he opened the door and went down. Of course, there was no dog down there. But unfortunately, a week later, their little girl who called for the glass of water was hit by a truck and killed. That's it. That's the end of my story. My name is Barb. Thanks. Bye. Well, that's quite a bleak story. It's almost like the ghost sheepdog was some sort of weird omen, if you will. I've never heard of a sheepdog being really uh, an ominous presence of... uh, of any sort, have you? Is there is there something with ghost sheepdogs and children dying? I don't know. It is it is rather bizarre when you hear of an animal that simply disappears and then some sort of horrible tragedy ensues. But it was almost like uh, some sort of strange omen there. If you got a real ghost story, please give us a call. The phone number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. Especially if you have a ghost story about an omen. That would be an interesting show to do all about omens, wouldn't it? So let's, let's, uh, let's ask for those specific stories. If you have a story about an omen, something that happened to you that was a precursor to an, an event that was rather unsettling or tragic or really 
bad. Uh, we would love to hear that. We either write it in to us at Real Ghost Stories Online or call it in at 855-853-4802. And we'll do a future episode all about omens. Okay? So make sure at the beginning of your letter to us, you, you write this is about an omen so we can see that right away and categorize it and then uh, put that into our pile of stories that we'll do uh, on omens. It should be interesting to, uh, to hear some of those stories. Let's go to a letter. This comes to us from Mari. Mari writes in, This story was told to me by my father. Just a little background info about my dad. He's a marine vet. He loves to fish. And just your all-around outdoor guy. When I was younger, my father worked the graveyard shift at a local plant here in Sacramento, California. He'd get home at about 3.30, 4 a.m. every morning. Not too long ago, he told me a story about one morning in particular that left him, Mr. Rambo Marine, Semper Fi guy, terrified. I mean, this really spooked him. This is his story. Ready for this? Okay, let's get into this story. One night, just after pulling into my driveway, I was sitting in my truck, gathering all my things to get ready to go inside. When all of a sudden I looked in my rearview mirror, I see what looked to be two people standing directly behind my truck on the sidewalk talking. I kept looking at these figures and I noticed that these two figures were jet black. I mean, blacker than the night around it. The way that my driveway is situated, there is a street light directly in front of my house. So, in the dim light of the street light, the figures came more into focus. These figures looked to be having a conversation. They were raising their arms and moving like they were having a conversation. I turned my head thinking I was going to see them when I turned around, but when I looked, no one was there. That's when I thought to myself, what the... I then turned to look out my rear view again, and there they were. I looked at my side mirror, to my left, and the figures were also there. So at this point, I'm thinking, maybe I'm just tired and need to go to sleep. So again, I looked behind me, and nothing, no one, was there. But when I looked at my rear view mirror again, the figures were there, and this is when the terror kicked in. I noticed that the figures had stopped talking and were facing me. My heart began to beat out of my chest. The figures then crouched down and split up, one going to my left side of my truck and the other to the right side of my truck. I looked in the right side rear view mirror and saw one of the figures approaching. That's when I bolted out of the truck and ran to my door. I did not look behind me because I was afraid of what I might see. I have never heard my dad so scared in my life. That is my story. That is pretty creepy. And it goes back to the whole thinking, and we've talked about on this show many times in the past, of mirrors. And what powers do they actually possess? Do they possess the power to see entities that exist out there or do they hold them within that's kind of the question that you have to ask after hearing that story the the common thing i hear about mirrors from folks is that they feel that they hold 
energy or images or memories, if you will, for lack of a better term, um, within them themselves. But that story right there almost makes me wonder, because it was multiple mirrors. It wasn't just one mirror. All cut from probably totally different pieces of glass at different pieces, places in a factory. That makes you wonder, is that mirror itself picking up something other dimensional? It's a new take on mirrors. The paranormal. Again, it's one of those moments where when we're doing this show, <laughs> initially you kind of set out and you kind of think, oh, maybe we'll get a better understanding of this by hearing these letters and calls and stories. And the more we dig into this, now we're up to about episode number 30 of the show. The more questions I have than ever before, the more I just sit here and go, okay, I really know extremely little about this. And I guess I I can talk more educated about it, if you will, when someone asks a question or brings up a topic on ghosts or demons or whatever the case may be and base it on these stories but essentially all I'm doing is interjecting more variables into the conversation where someone says no I think this is it this is what this object does or or from get to point B by going this way through point A and I go well there's there's C and D over here actually and it could very easily get from that to there by just thinking of it this other way. So much of that. So much of that with the stories that we hear here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you have a real ghost story, please give us a call at 855-853-4802 or you can always write into us. We really do appreciate that. Of course, please, please, please do press that subscribe button so you do not miss any future episodes of our show, whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher, or uh, or YouTube, or wherever the platform is where, uh, where you are finding us. I know we're in Blackberries as well now, too, um, and I don't know what that is called, <laughs> what their, uh, what their uh, you know, essentially uh, iTunes version is, but I know we're there. So wherever the case may be, thank you for subscribing. Let's go to Another letter that was written to us, this one was written to us by Luke. Luke writes, a few years back, my grandma's mom had died of old age. Since she lived in West Virginia and we live in Ohio, it wasn't a long drive to attend her funeral. We left today early and we stayed at her trailer and it was distant and on the middle of nowhere in the West Virginia woods. The day we attended her funeral, it wasn't as sad because I was little and didn't know her very well. After it was over, we drove back from the funeral and planned on staying for a few days to visit family. Later that night, we were all telling funny stories, and my mom went to the bathroom, and it was just me and my grandma. I got up to do something, and we heard a knock at the door, and it was getting louder and louder by each knock. The dog wouldn't stop barking, and my grandma asked who it was. There was no answer. She kept asking, but there was no answer. She then asked if it was her mom. The knocking stopped. We both grabbed flashlights and went outside to investigate. Keep in mind that they were in the woods, in the middle of nowhere, deep in the woods, connected to a road that no cars went on. So eventually, we stopped looking. That night since, the lack of and the lack of beds 
me and my mom slept in the same room she died in. We remember being cold the whole night, even though the heater was on in the room. To this day, I've never been able to figure out what it was, as it couldn't have been a person because this was on a remote road that the whole few days I was there, I only saw two cars pass by. That is a fairly creepy story. One of those stories, too, where you kind of walk away going, okay, maybe she came back to say, hi, how are you? I uh, was reading uh, the eulogy that I gave at my grandmother's funeral the other day. I was cleaning out some boxes, so I'm about to do uh, some construction here. I'm I'm not, I'm hiring someone to do it, but a new office here, and... Uh, was just kind of going through some some stuff uh, to make room for we're going to do this building. And I uh, read uh, an account that I had written about, and I completely had forgotten about this. I don't know why I forgot about it, but I suddenly brought back the memories. My grandma passed away a couple years back, and the night she passed away, it was, it was really late at night, um, I heard a door slam in my home and I remember waking up vividly thinking what the hell was that because at the time I wasn't married it was just me in my house and I just heard this whoo you know very distinct it sounded like my front door you know everyone has doors in their home they can tell what door it is by just its sound and that's what I thought I heard and it's like 2 a.m get up, look around the house. Door's locked. It's shut. There's no, nothing going on. And I'm going back to bed. Next morning, you can probably predict, I'm going to say, I got the call from my my mother. and Grandma died last night. Um, She had Alzheimer's for many years, and it was just kind of a matter of time, and she ended up being in hospice care, so we knew it was coming. Um, But I just kind of thought, and I walked away from that experience going, I wonder if that was Grandma, you know, saying goodbye. I was looking for so many signs, and if you've been listening to the show um, for any length of time, uh, for my grandpa to do something, uh, something similar, if you will. He just passed away uh, a couple months back, actually about a month ago, and... uh, I didn't have anything, I think, quite as distinct as that happened to me with him. We had some weird technical difficulties doing this show um, right thereafter. Uh, and I it was electronic uh, of nature, wherever we had something strange happen. I was taking a picture of his chair because my family was about to, to sell it. Um, it wasn't any heirloom of any sort. It was just a chair that he had the last couple months of his life. And they were going to put it up on eBay, and they wanted to take some pictures, so I was helping take pictures, and I had to, to turn it on. It was one of those heat massage type chairs. And when I was trying to get it to work and, and turn it on, I got a shock in my hand from the remote, and the chair shorted out. I had to unplug it, plug it back in, and it worked just fine. I just thought that was odd. I don't know. There was a lot of weird electronic things going on shortly after he passed. I'm going to guess 
going to say maybe that was it. Maybe that was him saying, hey, because I know he knows me and that I would be looking for that. Continuing on with our letters, if you have a real ghost story, please write it into us. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com is the website, or you can always call in at 855-853-4802. Our next letter comes into us from Derek. Derek writes in, It was a warm Sunday. My friends and I drove to Bar Harbor, Maine. Hey, I spent some of my honeymoon in Bar Harbor. Mainers were kind of, uh, kind of rude. Actually, Bar Harbor was really nice. I take that back. It was Portland where I felt like we shouldn't be there. <laughs> Seriously, I'll continue on with the letter in a segment. Let me just say, Bar Harbor, friendly people. Nice place to visit. Um, Portland, Maine, and I apologize, Portlanders. I know there's some of you out there. I actually do have a friend who lives here. But um, a lot of folks, wherever we went, not all too keen on us being there. It was a cruise and a cruise ship that uh, docked there. I'm thinking, well, that's kind of one of your big industries. Maybe you should kind of be welcoming. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really like us there. Anyhow, that was, that was my main experience. Bar Harbor, and as you got north into Canada, super friendly folks. Okay, continuing on. The town is right on the ocean. You have your breath taken away by the views. Awesome hiking trails. It's a great place to be. This is a letter talking, and I agree. The town has a ghostly feel to it. All the buildings and stores are old and rustic. But it attracts the most tourists anywhere in Maine because you have the rocky coast that everyone knows. If you ask someone if they know anything about Maine, they'll say the coast and the lighthouses, fishing boats, etc. Anyways, it was around 4 p.m. My friends took the car and did their own thing, and me and my girlfriend walked around town and got ice cream at the stores. It was much-needed alone time. Around 4.45, my friends called and said they are stuck on an island. They took the car across the sandbar during low tide and went hiking. When they came back, there was no more sandbar. High tide had come in during the time of the hiking trip. It begins at 5 p.m. and low tide didn't come back till 3.30 in the morning. We're going to be there for a while. At this point, my girlfriend and I are in town and my friends are on an island we wanted to get on that island so bad because once night came, we could see across the ocean to the island they were at. They had a nice big fire going at it, and it looked like so much fun to us. We only had $50, and you could not get a hotel with that kind of money in Bar Harbor, so we tried to find things to do to kill time. Played pool, got food, walked, looked at nice houses. At some point, I found a bookstore and bought a book called Ghost of Acadia. It looked really good to me. Now it was about 11.30 and we were walking this shore path, which is amazing. I can relate. We walked a beautiful shore path when we were there um, on our honeymoon. I took some wonderful pictures. And as soon as you get to the path, there's an inn and a massive inn called Bar Harbor Inn. Where the dining room is, it's all windows that looked out into the ocean. So I looked at the windows, checking out the inn, and the dining room is shut down, no lights on. From the light inside the moon, I could see two men standing in the window dressed in 1920s clothing. I just got this chill to my whole body. I told my girlfriend to look, and all she said was creepers. And she laughed. I kept looking at them, and one started to slowly shake his head. So I looked away and looked back, and they were gone. After a while, 
We walked the trail. We went into the hotel and asked if I could stay in the lobby. They said yes. Then I asked the guy behind the desk who those two men are in the dining room. He looked at me like I was creepier. What men, he asked. With a look of confusion on his face, on his face, he said the only people down here are us and him and that the dining room is locked. And if someone goes in there, it'll trip the alarm. So the three of us were really freaked out. So after we waited for our friends to get us, and I got home and all that, I started to read my book, the book I bought. And in there it says there are two men that stand in the same window I saw them in, that if you look them in the eyes, a deathly feel will follow you for the rest of your life. So I guess it's a good thing you looked away, isn't it? <laughs> I, I would say so. I got a good story about uh, about my trip in Maine, and I'm trying to recall if this was in Portland or if this was in Bar Harbor. I want to say it was Bar Harbor, but I could be incorrect. We took a boat trip to one of the islands to a lobster bag, and uh, the island itself uh, had old forts on it that were set up during, during wartime. And they're now since abandoned. You tour them, you walk through them. And it's a, it's a really, in theory, neat trip. The tour hosted by a gentleman that all I can say <laughs> if I was to describe him as an individual from literary or movie history, I would say he was Norman Bates. Okay? There's a house on the island, an old Cape Cod-esque style home. Kind of cozy, but old, you know, kind of weathered-looking home. And this this gentleman, throughout the entire tour of the island, because that's what you go on first, you go down some trails, you go out into the forts, kept making references to mother. Mother did this, mother did that, mother says this, mother says that. And... It was very much in the tense of you weren't quite sure if Mother was still alive or if Mother was still dead. It was never really discussed. Eventually, we get to the lobster bake, where you sit down in a tent near the home. And again, the references to Mother keep coming up. Mother always liked her lobsters like this. Mother always made the butter like that. Some in past tense, some in present tense. Again, very confusing. Right before we're about to eat, he holds up this jar with an unknown substance in it and says, Mother! And looks at the jar. Mother! Ah, uh, sets the jar back down. Okay, you can come up here and eat. <laughs> you get in line and get your food. No reference to mother again. It kind of made me wonder, was mother in the jar? Was he about to tell us mother was in the jar? <laughs> what the hell was in that jar? And why did he stop talking about mother? I was wondering if mother was maybe the one in the house making the lobsters. But again, no one ever really knows. Kind of just an odd fellow. <laughs> oh, real life, Norman Bates. 
If you have a real ghost story, please give us a call, 855-853-4802, or write into us at Real Ghost Stories Online. Another letter. This one comes into us from Lynn. Lynn writes in, uh, Briefly, I've always been aware of the other side since I was about seven or eight. Usually I hear things rather than see things, which is fine with me. It's not a constant experience, but one where an episode occasionally happens, so I'm usually not prepared for it. The two strongest stories I'll share with you right now. The first one, I lived in an apartment for about three years. It never felt anything funny except a presence over my bed every now and then. It didn't feel ominous, but more like someone was just looking at you. It was in this apartment that my cat looked up at the ceiling and was hissing to save his life. It looked like his neck was broken, and I thought he was physically in pain. After about 30 seconds, he snapped out of it and ran under the table. He was fine after a while, but people have told me that he might have encountered a spirit, which, thinking back over it, did seem like someone was holding his neck or trying to hurt him or myself. The second story I have, my mother and I are avid genealogists and enjoy visiting cemeteries and graveyards. We've seen plenty in our time and find that they are wonderful and peaceful places. We visited a little country church with a graveyard in the middle of nowhere in Guernsey County, Ohio, a few years ago. The day was gorgeous with blinding sunshine and blue skies and not a soul around, or so we thought. Beyond the cemetery was a valley, and no other people or houses were around, just the two of us. I went down the hillside to look closer at some older headstones, since we were looking for relatives who had died in the early 1800s. As I approached these stones, which were separated from the main part of the cemetery, there was a voice above me that said in a very irritated man's voice, We don't want you here. I stopped in my tracks. The voice was coming from above me, and in my mind's eye, I pictured a group of men and women in a horseshoe configuration. It was the man on the far left that had spoken. I told him to back off because I was looking for my family. It was just an immediate reaction that I didn't even have time to think about. I did exactly that. The presence lifted away from me, and that's when the fear set in. I hurriedly looked to see if my family was buried in this area. They were not. The the spirits descended upon me again, and the same man said, We don't want you here. I said, You got it! I've been meaning to contact the cemetery or the church to see if it's happened to anyone else. Which would be very interesting, but haven't done it yet. If you do do that, we'd love to hear what the reaction is. Can you imagine... (laughs) I would do the same thing, you know, and not think anything of it. Just thinking, hey, I wonder if everyone else had the same experience. But for one moment, because folks like us who are listening to the show, who hosts this show, we kind of have this mindset of, okay, this stuff is out there. It exists. We're kind of cool with it. At least a lot of us are. And I think sometimes we forget the fact that maybe not everyone else is quite as cool with it as we are. (laughs) And when we just randomly call someone throughout their day, you know, they could just be sitting there watching Jeopardy. Phone rings. Hello? Yeah, hi. Um... Are you, uh, are you in any way associated or affiliated with that cemetery out there in the county? 
uh, yes, we uh, we do the mowing of it, and we uh, we take care of it and uh, make sure that uh, it is all all kept up and and secure. Oh, okay. Well, great. I just had a quick question about it. Okay. What? So, what's your question? Um, how often is it that people hear voices? Uh, basically hanging above their heads, and specifically the man on the left part of this horseshoe of people telling them to get out of the cemetery. Is that a common thing that goes on there? Click. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, although, if it is a common occurrence, I guess they'd probably be totally... Oh, yeah. Get that call all the time. It is the man on the left. It, you're right. It's not the... First of all, it was the one on the right. It, it is the man on the left. <laughs> Again, it's a mindset thing where we're like, yeah, okay, let's share the story. Who else had this happen to them? But I could see a lot of folks hearing that story going, what the hell is that all about? I've had that. Where I'll just share a story that we get in, into the show. Just very matter-of-factly, because I'd say a majority of the stories we get sound very legit to me, and I believe most of them. Um... But you, you share this, you know, sometimes with folks who are not so much in the mindset, and you get kind of some looks. That's why I like this show, and I like being kind of a platform for all of us who have these stories, where we're not judging your stories. We're not saying, oh, this is real, this is not. We can tell when it's written in by uh, a 13-year-old girl, and it's fairly fabricated. But then I can also tell when the 13-year-old girl is writing in with legitimate things that are not right and something happened just filter that that's all it is of course we do encourage you to share your story we're not going to judge it we'll just take a look at it from all angles especially when you're about to call into someone and go hey how about this i hope you do i really really do hope you do and I'm very interested to hear if other people are experiencing that exact same thing. If you want to share your story with us, uh, go to our website, realghoststoriesonline.com, and click on that Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. Another letter written to us from Jim. Jim writes in, My ghost story is a secondhand. One years ago, when I lived in rural Illinois, I was telling my friend about how stupid people were to even believe in ghosts and such things. He responded by telling me what his older sister experienced when she was married to her first husband. Like any other young couple, they both worked but didn't have much. Since they were just getting started in life, they found a great farmhouse for rent, which was very cheap. They inquired as to why the rent was so cheap, and was told the place was haunted. They laughed it off, of course. Which shortly after they moved in, they were hearing strange noises. Hmm? Strange noises. At one time, they heard a baby crying, which was creepy, since they didn't have children. At other times, all the lights in the house would either turn on or off. And at one time, a vase rose in the air, flew across the room, nearly hitting one of their guests. At another time, they went to the movies and let one of their... Doubting friends behind to stay in the house. When they got home, all the lights in the house were on, and he was cowering in the corner yelling, What do you want? One time, one of their friends was visiting. A toddler that belonged to the guest walked into the bathroom, came out screaming and crying in hysterics. They wondered what he saw in the bathroom. One time in the middle of the day, my friend's sister that lived there decided to take a nap. Her husband was at work, and when she settled down to snooze, she heard loud, presumably male footsteps coming down the hallway. 
The bedroom door was closed, but she could hear the footsteps stop by the door and continued passing through the door and seemed to be walking around the bed, watching her. She was terrified, lying there with her eyes closed. When she finally forced herself to open her eyes, she didn't see anything. She assumed the male spirit liked her, and the female was jealous because at another time she was watching TV and she heard lighter footsteps coming down the hallway, which again, she was in the house by herself. She heard a female voice call her a bitch. The last straw came when her husband woke up and in the middle of the night saw a glowing face in front of him. He gasped and saw a flash, woke up a bit later, and his face was hurting. He had a black eye. They left that place in the middle of the night and in the middle of the month came back later during the daylight hours to get some of their belongings. They later found out that there was a couple living in the farmhouse that seemed to have disappeared. A neighbor came by one day and looked through the screen door and noticed food on the table, but no one there. She called out and no one responded. She called the police and they searched the house and never found anybody. It was assumed the man, his wife, and baby were either abducted or murdered. No bodies were ever found. These stories were told to me by her brothers and by her over the years and have never changed. I would think that if we're just made up, there'd be discrepancies or embellishments. When I saw her many years later, I confronted her and laughed about how she really had me going with her ghost stories. She told me for the last time, all of those things really did happen. Thank you for calling in, or writing in rather, and sharing those ghost stories. Jim, I really do appreciate it. If you have a real ghost story, please send it to us. Tony at Real Ghost Stories Online is my email address. Or you can write into us on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. Click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. Or call us 855-853-4802. We would love to hear your real ghost story, all right? And then we'll share it on a future episode. Of course, please press the subscribe button. I know I ask a lot with that one, but hey, it's what helps us grow the show. So if you've not done so yet, please subscribe to the show. And uh, if you'd be so kind, uh, give us some stars, give us some reviews, especially out there on iTunes. That's uh, what's going to help more folks find us and make our show grow and be bigger and better than ever before. From realghoststoriesonline.com. Until next time, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thank you for listening.